Thank you for this day and for all of your love and grace and mercy. Thank you for teaching us, raising us up to be true disciples, not just converts. True disciples that walk in power and anointing and the blessing of the Lord and thereby helping others to do the same. That's our goal. And we thank you, Lord, that you help us to make you known. Populate heaven and vacate hell. In Jesus' name, amen. Talk about being a faithful servant today. I think about Billy Graham a lot these days. After he passed on at 99 years old, but you notice he had the the date was uh, 1918 to 2018. So that's really cool. It's just perfect, really. Great life and a good role model for us. Everybody's pretty hot in here. Why don't we turn the air on? Anybody know how to do that? It's on my long hair, you know. Well, it's so good to know that God is working in, in so many ways and in the lives of those of you here. Things that you may have told us about, may not have know, told us about. Things you may not think I know, may, things I do know by the Spirit. <laughs> things God is working on and th- things He's worked on. But you can't, you're not going to sit under the true word of God. This revelation of this real relationship with Jesus and not change. It's just not possible. You have to really tune out to do that. And if you really apply yourself, it can happen exponentially, quickly, for His glory and His good. And He'll put you to work. Amen. But I want to talk about being a faithful servant. Uh, look at Romans 4.17, just for a second. Romans 4.17. That's the book right after Acts. After the four Gospels, then Acts. Then Romans. Chapter 4, verse 17 Paul is referring to the relationship between God and Abraham. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Or calls those things that be not as though they were. 
God had told Abraham in Genesis chapter 15 that he would that he would give him children. You remember that? And he told him that these children would be so numerous that they would be as the sand in the seashore or the stars in the heavens. In other words, too numerous to count. Genesis, uh, the 15th chapter, starts out the first six verses. And then years later, the Lord reassured Abram, it was Abram at the time, A-R-B-R-A-M, of this promise. Because it still hadn't come to pass. But he gave him as a gift or a token of his affection and, and promise. He changed his name to Abraham. Abraham means father of a multitude. Literally. The change he made to Abram was just the H. The fifth letter in the Hebrew alphabet. The letter for grace and the number for grace. He added grace to his name and only by grace would this ever happen, this promise that he had made him. He was not getting any younger, by the way. God called him Abraham, father of a multitude, before he ever had a child, didn't he? God speaks what he believes not just what he sees let me make a a point of this Genesis the very beginning chapter 1 verse 3 somebody tell me what it says chapter 1 verse 3 yes And God said, let there be light, and there was light. This is the first day. Right? But you notice, it wasn't until the fourth day that God created the sun and the moon and the stars. (laughs) He said it. Let there be light before he ever created the source for that light to come from. But it did come to pass. That's how he does things. If we want godly results in our lives, we need to learn to talk like God. Hello. Instead of speaking what you have or what you See, we need to learn to speak what we're believing for. We need to use our faith. There's creative power in our words. Doesn't it say that in Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue? And Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We need to learn to 
speak about the things that aren't manifest in the natural yet. Because if we are in faith, we will see them. Isn't that what Jesus taught us when he was talking about that mountain moving faith? Believe that you have the things that you pray for when you pray. And you shall have them. Isn't that what he said? Does that seem backwards? It is. In the natural. The world thinks that's foolishness. I'm just being real, man. Okay. Be real. I am too. But I know about another reality that they don't. And you do too. Facts or truth? Which would you prefer? The truth. Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. God would rather hear us say just the truth, please. Because John 17, 17 says, thy word is truth. Jesus said, my words are truth and they are life. He is the word made flesh. Amen. I think that Christians are afraid to confess the word sometimes and the promises of God because they feel like they're lying. I was just telling my nephew this today. How can I say I'm healed when I see this big growth on my side? (laughs) When I feel sick in my body? Isn't that lying? How can I say I'm prosperous when they're about to foreclose on my house? We live in two worlds. The natural and the spiritual. We're in this world, but we're not of it. Amen? We are residing on the earth, but we're citizens of heaven. Come on. We're standing presently on the earth, but we're seated also with Christ in heavenly places. We are outwardly man. But we are also inward man. This earthly kingdom will not change the kingdom of God. Ever. It's God doesn't change. There's nothing to fix. <laughs> but the kingdom of God can change this earthly kingdom. In the natural world, things change. Wouldn't you say that's accurate? If it's raining outside right now, we know within reason, the sun will shine again. It's going to be dark tonight, but we can hope for sunshine in the morning. 
fair enough. We trust in these things because we've seen them. There's a track record. But with God, we have greater hope in His promises and in the provision of His grace. The provision is in the promises. The grace of God is already settled and done. We obtain the things provided by grace through faith. If if your body is sick, that's a fact. Unfortunately. But the word says we're healed. That's the truth. The facts will never change the truth, but the truth will change the facts. Facts can change, but the truth will never change. If you're sick or well, the word will always say, by his stripes you were healed. 1 Peter 2.24 If you're in abundance or lack, the word will always call you blessed. Will always... Say, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou beest in good health and prosper, even as thy soul prospers. 3 John 2. It's okay with God for us to look at our circumstances and address them. The current facts of our lives. As long as the truth is always preeminent. As long as the truth of His Word carries more weight in our hearts and minds. As long as we don't settle for what we see until it lines up with what He says. Amen? I'm going to take off running. George was just talking to me about revelation knowledge and the lights going on and how wonderful and exciting it is when things happen like that with God. Things you could have been studying for years and hearing about for years and frustration creeps in because you, you, you see it, you understand it, you can teach it, but it just hadn't clicked for you. And then boom, when you keep pressing in to God, he's going to show you wonderful things that you didn't know. He's longing for that time. Moses, David, Paul, all the mighty men of the Bible, they spoke about problems they had, sickness, and the trials of life. But they didn't allow their trials to shipwreck their faith. We are called to a life of faith. Jesus said, when I return, will I even find faith? And I look around, not here, but I look around the world and I look at Christians and I say, man, looks just like the world. They believe just like the world. They think just like the world. They talk just like the world. 
But we can really put our trust continually in God's word and our circumstances will change. That's a fact. The truth will change your facts. The blessings and promises of God in Christ are ours because of Jesus. Because what He's done. Not what we've done to deserve it, but what He's done to deserve it for us. We're saved by grace through faith. Titus 2.11 For the grace of God has appeared bringing salvation for all people. It's done. Jesus died for everybody. Didn't he? I love to hear, hear Billy Graham talk about that. There's no black or white. He didn't die for... Just Americans or Christians. He wants everybody to become a Christian. It's not his will that any should perish. And he died for everybody. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. All people. But not everyone is saved. So we're not just saved by grace, are we? Because not everybody has put their trust in that grace. Hadn't put their trust and their confidence in that Savior. In that redeeming blood and body of Christ. Which was broken and given for us. Shed for us. It's one thing just to know about Jesus. It's one thing just to say you believe. James said in the most sarcastic phrase in the Bible, you believe in one God, good for you. So does the devil. <laughs> and he trembles. Faith without works is dead. He said, you show me your faith without works. I'll show you mine by my works. You're not going to get to heaven by doing good deeds but faith in Jesus Christ is going to cause you to do good deeds because you're called for good deeds. The grace of God, verse 12, Titus 2, 12, teaches us. The grace of God teaches us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. The grace of God provides the power and the instruction for all of that. Hmm. What do I need to do to hear those words? Well done, good and faithful servant. Hmm. They asked Jesus, what? What do we have to do? What do we have to do? The disciples asked him that. What are the works that I must do 
to inherit the kingdom of God. He said, the work is this. Believe on the one that God has sent. Put your trust in Jesus. Don't worry about what you need to do. I'm telling you what you need to do. Put all of your hope and trust in Jesus. In His Word. In His teachings. In His instruction. Follow Jesus. The best of your ability. Everything else is going to line up. Faster and faster and faster. We're saved by grace through faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. But we're saved to do good works. Amen? Jesus talked about laying up treasures in heaven in Matthew, the 6th chapter. And he taught a parable about these talents that had been given to servants of the master while he was away. And he rewarded these two faithful servants who had done well with what he had left them in charge of. And I submit to you today that we are left in as stewards of everything that God has placed in our possession, whether it be small or great. Some of us are just waiting to do great things for God, and so until we can do a really great thing, we don't do much. I'll remind you that the greatest offering that Jesus ever Saul given was the widow's mind. Because she gave it all. And that's all he wants from you. <laughs> when it's all his, it makes it so easy. You're just a caretaker. You just but you want to know how to be a good steward, so you listen. You listen for the master to give you instruction. I'm not doing anything without him. So you have to stay close to him so that the peace of God can rule and reign in your heart. Guiding you in those choices and decisions. When you let bitterness and strife and unforgiveness into your life, into your workplace, into your marriage, into your home... You open in a door for the devil. We living in two worlds, the natural and the spiritual. And the spiritual created the natural. It's more real than the one we see. There's a war raging around us. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Whatever we say, not just the big things we talk about or the, the things we really mean. Every word contains life or death. You might as well just think of it like that with the two different sets of angels which there are here in this room right now. I can guarantee you that. I know that more than I know y'all are really sitting here. And every word you speak is authorizing somebody to act in the spiritual realm. God is a creative God. 
He created you in his image and you are a creative being too. And you create just like he did. Let there be light. And it was. With our words, we are forming our world. Believe it or not. That's like some big old boy. You walk out. You get out of your car at the gas station next time. And some big old boy comes up and just says, you know. I'm just going to take a piece of you today. (laughs) And he begins to wail on you. Now you can ignore that fight. (laughs) But you're still in it. (laughs) The fact that you're ignoring it. You're going to lose. And you're going to take a whooping. Same thing. (laughs) You're You're in a war. And... The devil has no authority over you. Jesus has taken the keys, pulled his teeth. And now, the only authority he has is what we give him. When when he can get us to believe his lies and deception, get us to do some creating for him, then we do. But God would much rather have us Speaking his word, causing the circumstances and the facts of our lives to line up with the promises of his word. Speaking life and love into situations and circumstances all around us. Not only into our lives and our marriage, I speak blessings over my wife. I speak blessings over my home and my animals and my work and my customers And my church. And my country. My president. I speak blessings. Not curses. No matter if someone is your worst enemy. Bless and do not curse. The best thing that can happen to them. Is that God get a hold of that rock hard heart. And change it. Same as he did for you. We need to be out sharing the gospel in as much as we're able. People say, well, listen, I'm not a big mouth like you, and I, I don't enjoy the focus of the attention, the cameras, and I, you know, number one fear is public speaking and all that good stuff. That's fine. Your testimony is the greatest sermon somebody's ever going to hear. People, Billy Graham never thought of reaching who would have never listened to one of his messages or sermons, for some reason, God's going to give you an open door into their life. And you're going to have an opportunity to speak life into that situation when all their so-called friends and family and people that are supposed to care about them are speaking the wrong information, the wrong advice, the ways of the world into that situation you can say well here's what the lord said and i believe him you know sometimes just a word of encouragement and a godly pointing someone in a godly direction is the best thing that could ever happen to them we need to 
forgive those who've offended us quickly. It's not the same as reconciliation. It's not the same as trust. But it means that we renounce vengeance. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. The Lord Jesus modeled forgiveness when he was on the cross. They hurled insults at him. He hung there naked and poor, impoverished, suspended between heaven and earth, rejected by both, and forgave those who were killing him and mocking him. Now, who are we to judge? Anyone. And the higher, you know, those good and faithful servants I talk about, you know what their reward is from God? More work. You've been faithful with little, now I'll entrust you with much. More work. It's never going to get boring. When we get to heaven, it's not over. God has a lot for us to do. Things we can't even imagine. There may be whole worlds that he has for you to be in charge of. Who knows? I know you're going to judge angels one day. That right there, I can't even get my mind around. But it says that in the Bible. <laughs> when Paul gets on to us, what are you Christians doing? Taking each other to court. Letting some, somebody that doesn't even know God decide matters between you. You can't even figure that out when one day you're going to judge angels? Well, first time that hit me, I'm like, wow. What are we doing wasting time messing around acting like the world when we got such wonderful things ahead of us? He said nobody can even fathom the wonderful things God has in store for those of us who love Him. So as the Lord entrusts you with more and more and more, Christians need to view their positions of authority as opportunities to help people that are under them. Not as something to be held over them. We are subservient. The higher you go, the lower you are. The first shall be last. And the last shall be first. Jesus submitted to the Father's authority. We can be Christ-like every day of our lives if we really want to. If we really just submit our day and our time to Him. Only one day at a time. There's only ever one day for the Christian. It's called today. Has enough worries of itself. No need to worry about tomorrow. Spend all the grace that God gives you for today. Today. And then tomorrow, simply start over. When it gets so heavy, such a daunting task and a daunting life and the burdens and cares of this life, quit looking at it that way and just see it as today. That's all that God has promised you and He's asked that that's all that you worry about. And then start fresh with Him in the morning. Before I step out of bed, I pray in the Spirit. I say, thank you, Lord, for your love and faithfulness. That's how I start my day. And then, I say, now what? 
And at the end of the day, I usually apologizing to some degree. He forgives. Thank you for the things I did accomplish. The things I honored you in and forgive me for those where I fell short. And he's good with that. He's always good with that. I'm going to stop right there today. Father, thank you so much for your love, for your word, for your teaching, for empowering us by your spirit to do your will. We thank you, Lord, that the life of faith you called us to is not something that we are to try to figure out how to endeavor to do in our own strength. That faith is an operation of the Holy Ghost, an abiding fruit of the Spirit which resides in us. So we just release the faith that you have given us to obtain the things that you have provided for us by grace to help us to do all the things that you prepared in advance for us to do. Thank you, Lord, for creating such a perfect plan for our lives, such a perfect salvation. Thank you that our names are written in the book of life and that we will never face the white throne judgment. Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.